Welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's story was produced on the lands of the Widjibal people in Lismore area in the Bunjalung Nation and in Mianjin and brought to you by Radio 3CR on Wurundjeri country in the Kulin Nation in Nam, Melbourne via the Community Radio Network. I'm your host, Beck Horridge, and today we'll be joined by guest contributor Sean O'Shaughnessy. He's a campaigner with the North East Forest Alliance and presenter of Environmental as Anything at River FM, where this piece was first broadcast. The ALP National Conference in Mianjin, Brisbane, was an exciting event to be at and I've managed to bring back some of the audio which I recorded there on that day and uh, also the speech that Bob Brown made uh, outside the ALP National Conference and also a, uh, a track by Xavier Rudd, recorded live there on the day. Uh, exciting to see such an upswelling of support across the country for the end to native forest logging. This is an inevitable end which will either happen due to a complete collapse of our forests and an end which is chaotic and disruptive to us all or a decision which is made in a timely manner to end this horror in our forests now at a governmental level to make a decision to change the policies and legislation which enables this destruction. On that note, I'm also looking forward to speaking to Felicity Wade, who is the uh, national co-convener for the Labor Environment Action Network, and she was in that conference uh, on the floor. She had been working hard to uh, get up the uh, proposed amendment to actually end uh, native forest logging within the ALP conference. And a slightly disappointing result from many people that uh, the the actual proposed uh, motion did not go forward and instead there was a a rather watered-down version of that uh, which was available. But great work, hard work and somewhat thankless work, obviously, for Felicity. But we'll get her to tell us how it was for her. So that'll be a good inside view on that. So here we are in Mianjin, Brisbane. Uh, we're marching uh, on the streets for our native forests uh, today. There's, uh, there's, oh, gonna, there's got to be a thousand people here at least uh, heading down to the ALP National Conference at the Conference Centre down at South Bank. And uh, yeah, a lot of passionate people uh, determined to see an end to native forest logging here in Australia. Uh, and uh, determined that the ALP should join the 21st century and join the rest of Australia in uh, in ending this obscenity. So, uh, pretty exciting. So, as you can see, people are on the streets. There's, uh, I can see Bob Brown right next to Xavier Rudd up there. Thanks for hey. the what are we doing here today? What are we want to do? We're going to get Labor to follow the 87% of Labor voters who want to end data forest logging. Sounds from uh, Mianjin, Brisbane, where there was thousands of people rallying for our native forests to 
the uh, ALP National Conference, which was uh, going on in its last day there, was Bob Brown and Xavier Rudd's voices you could hear while they held the banner and marched in front of that uh, crowd of thousands who were marching down to the conference centre. That went on to become a rally, and uh, we'll hear later Bob Brown's speech at that rally. But before we do, I thought we should talk to somebody who was inside the ALP National Conference there and who has been campaigning hard for an inter-native forest logging and for uh, a range of uh, good environmental outcomes from the conference and uh, for Australia. And that, of course, is Felicity Wade. Felicity is the national co-convener of the Labor Environment Action Network. And so who better to uh, to fill us in from an insider's perspective on the uh, Labor Party's, uh, the ALP National Conference there. So Felicity, thank you. Nice to be here. How would you typify the outcomes from the conference? Because I can tell you there was a fair bit of frustration and disappointment from those who were outside. How did it feel from, from the inside? Look, um, we, were, we were happy with what happened at conference. I mean, I think, I think, as I said from the stage, you know, every day that native forest logging goes on, it sort of is it, it's being a little bit deaf, it's the party being a little bit deaf to the environmental concern of the members. But um, I guess I walked into that conference with a with a big agenda on land sector generally, the carbon both in our forests and our you know bushland, so land clearing, uh, logging, as well as the restoration job. We knew that you know logging was the hard bit, as you know, it's been really hard for the party for many many years. Hmm. A fantastic wedge between its two key constituencies. So we always knew it would be a process solution, you know, that we weren't going to get a blanket, we're going to stop native forest logging tomorrow, partly because, you know, there's an argument that the feds don't actually have the power to do that anyway. So we were pretty happy that we're going to get a new national forest policy statement. I guess where we were a little bit grumpy was we would have liked a bit more clarity, a bit more direction about what the process and what the terms of reference for that process might be. Mm. You mentioned the conflict that seems to exist within the ALP between what you call its traditional constituents and, you know, the larger community with the 87% who are committed to an inter-native forest logging. I must say, again, that it always puzzles me. In New South Wales, there may be as many as 300 uh, people employed in native forest logging, and I'd like to know how many of them are actually members of the union because I'm, I'm guessing it would be less than 50 that's just a guess. I know there are 30,000 members of the CFMMEU who are in the construction industry. It seems like an absolutely trivial number, especially when we're actually offering a lucrative payout and, and transition into actual permanent positions for these workers. How does that not gel with the CFMMEU uh, and get them on board to actually push for a better future for their workers? Look, I think obviously the union's need to defend their guys, but I think there is a sense in which everyone knows the time is up. We saw what happened with Maryvale in Victoria, how, you know, more than 200 guys lost their jobs, union members lost their jobs on the on that mill and, you know, when Nippon decided to pull reflex paper out of Australia on the basis of that court decision that shut down the native forest logging industry. So I think, you know, people know that the, the time is coming for, for native forest logging, but I think more importantly is just... The history we now have in Australian politics of the conservative right really effectively building culture wars Mm. that do, in fact, infect much more broadly than those directly affected. Mm. And, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but, you know, Bob Brown made a real uh, winner of that in 2019 for the destructive regressive forces by turning up in Queensland from Tasmania and telling working class people what, what to do. The impact of that on that election was broader than just, you know, the non-existent workers on the Adani site. 
but that sense that working communities have seen a whole lot of economic transformation over the last 30 or 40 years, and thanks probably more to neoliberalism than anything else, they know who pays for economic transformation. And so whenever it smells of, you know, there's going to be an industry taken away and there's a sense that the elites are kind of pushing it, it goes very badly politically. And we've got a leader in Dutton who, you know, is looking for the next wedge. So, So I guess that's why it's important we go through a proper process. We're really pushing for, we think we need a Productivity Commission inquiry, in fact, on native forest logging. Because if you look at the economics, if you look at, you know, what's happening both, you know, to the natural capital of those forests, but also even just to how the industry is going and how crap the Australian industry is and how low value the products it's producing are, I think there's a very immediate economic argument about this where we don't have to go anywhere near a culture war, but we have to get those inputs on the table in an open process. And I think, you know, with with that in mind, rather than just letting it just trundle along as it has for the last 31 years since the National Forest Policy Statement was written in 1992, we will get to much better outcomes. Yeah. Well, look, you, I mean, you, you, you say you ran fringe events and one of them was on the future of jobs and forestry. What came out of that? Well, that was really interesting. We had the Minister, Tanya Plibersek. We also had Andrew McIntosh, who many of your listeners will know, is the guy who called out the dodgy carbon credits that are flooding the system in, mm. in Australia, uh, you know, in which, you know, there's a fairly robust fight about, about whether they're dodgy or not. But he fundamentally made the point at that fringe event that, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of carbon credits and you want to make them in the most carbon-rich places, you don't stick them out where the, where the, A, where there's low rainfall and B, where there's not much clearing already. And then finally, we also had Dave Copeman, who's the coordinator, the director at the Queensland Conservation Council, really pulling together how that if we can, you know, do this right, the challenge of building the natural capital of both our forests and our bushland and potentially using those markets, those biodiversity and carbon markets, you know, there should be loads of jobs mm. out of actually looking after the place. What was interesting, though, and, you know, this is always fantastically the fantastic bit about the ALP, mm. is that a whole bunch of guys had got up at 5 o'clock in the morning who work in the forestry industry in Grafton and come to the conference to make sure that people like us heard the message about their fears mm. about what happens when, when and if the industry changes. So they were fantastic. They were incredibly respectful. But, you know, it is good for those of us who are pushing for the environmental outcome to be, you know, confronted, you know, look, look people in the eye for whom this will have impacts in their lives. Yes, yes, we do have to, uh, you know, bring as many along as we as we need to get this done, don't we? It's like it needs mm. to, they need to be brought on board, and uh, I, you know, like there needs to be an understanding of what their needs are before we can actually provide for them. I suppose so. That's that's great to have that on 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 the inside. So uh, you had uh, three hundred and sixty nine local branches backing uh, a proposed uh, motion to end native forest logging, and was that was that motion put to the floor? How did that progress? What what went on? How did that progress? Well, I guess in the end, you know, these things are often talking, let's talk about how sausages are made. <laughs> Needless to say, you know, then especially when Labor is in government, the ministers are incredibly important. And I guess it's also fair to say that not much gets up in the conference unless without ministerial support. So we went into negotiation with the minister and, you know, it was really hard actually, but we were very, very happy we got the commitment that in this term of government, that national forest policy statement would be rewritten. I think many of your listeners will remember its sad history. It was 1992, which is, as you know, I said before, 31 years ago, that the National Forest Policy Statement set up the Regional Forest Agreements, yep. which, as we all know, are the things driving extinctions and also now responsible for you know, diminishing uh, timber yields. As, you know, they've been overcut for so many years and it's never been updated. No one's ever looked at it again. No one's ever considered you know, what's actually happened in the 
to the biodiversity, let alone what the carbon impacts are now that climate change is such an important policy area. So I think, you know, I think people are disappointed that we didn't get the blanket ban. But to my broader point, you know, unless we actually look at this as a whole, look at what it means, actually get the data. I mean, I think that's the other thing. Mm. You know, the data in terms of what's actually available and people actually understanding at a government level is kind of lacking by virtue of lack of policy, the policy rigour to actually have looked at it for all those years. I think once we put all that on the table, it's pretty clear which direction we need to go in. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the facts do speak for themselves when you do get them on the table. And that's, it's great that you've got this process in train for it actually being put before the, the decision makers now. So that's, uh, you know, obviously appreciate it. And obviously, I guess those 369 uh, branches that backed that, uh, uh, that policy, uh, you know, of ending native forest logging will, will want to sort of continue to progress that agenda alongside this new forest policy statement or as part of that development of that new policy statement, I would imagine. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we all know people are going to have to keep, we're going to have to be vigilant and we're going to have to keep articulating our concern. And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid, you know, like I'm not nervous to say that we would have liked more clarity. And so now our job is to actually get those terms of reference and get a robust uh, process in place that is going to fairly deal for all sides of the debate. And, you know, that's, there's still work to be done to get that done. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's a that's a solid promise to update the uh, the national forest policy statement and a commitment from you guys to continue to push for it to be the best it can be. Well, there's a lot of other things that went on in the uh, in the on the conference floor. Uh, you know, land sector industry and land clearing. These are uh, you know really big issues uh, that you've been addressing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, many of your listeners will know that land clearing in Australia is absolutely horrendous. Government figures from from Queensland and New South Wales show that in the last three years, there's 1.5 million hectares has gone down, which is mm. kind of so mind-boggling. And while the you know while people start saying, oh well, it's dropping, it was still about 350,000 in Queensland last year. Oh. So, you know, we are the only developed country on the planet who is just knocking over bush. Uh, primarily for cows. So we were pretty pleased. We got a commitment at the COP in Glasgow, at the Climate COP in Glasgow, um, COP26. It was what was called the Leaders' Declaration on Forests and Land Use, sort of put together and supported by about 140 countries. And I guess the kind of really pointy bit of that is it commits countries to halt and reverse forest loss and uh, forest degradation by 2030. Mm. So that's a pretty explicit. That's not only clearing, but that's also degradation, which very, you know, arguably clearly includes our native forest. Now the platform actually commits Labor to delivery of that through, you know, various policy mechanisms and to end deforestation. So we think that's pretty exciting and important. I mean, again, not easy. And thank goodness Minister Plibersek's in the process of reforming the environment laws. Mm. But that's just as important as the logging, really. Mm. Felicity Wade from the Labor Environment Action Network with Sean O'Shaughnessy talking about the outcomes of the ALP National Conference. You're listening to Earth Matters, broadcast around these stolen and unceded lands via the Community Radio Network. How y'all doing? Thanks for being here this morning. Cause 
seized with feelings from so long ago. Listen to the spirits, they came up strong. singing at the massive rally in Musgrave Park, Mianjin. Here's the Native Forest rally outside the conference of the ALP in Mianjin, Brisbane, with Bob Brown speaking. People of this country who looked after it for untold thousands of years... And we're on a move to take that spirit back into the wildlands, not least the forests of this great continent, because the people in power haven't been listening. And I want to begin by saying hats off to those who were here just before us in defending Toonda Harbour from Walker Corporation, who got kicked out of Tasmania, and may they be kicked out of Queensland. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the 87%. That's the poll from Australia Institute this week of Labor voters who want native forest logging stopped. In there is the 13%. Bound up by the corporations. And you know they began on Tuesday night with a dinner for the corporations. This is the party of the people and raised $150,000. Our Prime Minister, with the people locked out. But where one thing they cannot do is lock out our spirit. And it is on the move. Right across this country, it is on the move. And we can say this to the Albanese government. When it comes to the environment, with the gas fracking, with the coal mines, with the accelerated logging of forests across this country, this government is F for failure. It's F for failure on fauna. It's F for failure on forests. It's F for failure on forest fuels on fossil fuels, and we are here to change that to making this a positive future for future generations and for our fellow creatures in this country and on this planet. We are here as planet savers. We are not going to simply have Labor Liberal laws criminalising decent young Australians for standing up for the environment, while the real criminals with the chainsaws and the bulldozers keep smashing down our cultural 
and our environmental heritage. In everything we do, will it be advantaged for those who come after us? That is what lifts our spirits and our souls. Ladies and gentlemen, a message to Albo. End native forest logging. Bob Brown, speaking after the ALP National Conference in Brisbane. Well, a lot of people were cheering because last week the New South Wales Environment Minister, Penny Sharp, announced that koala hubs inside the proposed Great Koala National Park wouldn't be logged. But the North Coast Environment Council points out that there's a flip side to this in that logging in the rest of the area Labor has been promising to protect for almost a decade will continue until the end of 2024. The Vice President of the North Coast Environment Council, Susie Russell, said that the North Coast Environment Council and our member groups in the area of the Great Koala National Park are extremely concerned that what the Environment Minister appears to be saying is that logging will continue at the same intensity for at least another year while assessments are done. Labor has taken the proposal for the Great Koala National Park to the last three state elections. Presumably that was because they recognised the value of the area to ensuring that koalas are not extinct by 2050, which is their current trajectory. It's incredible that after championing the need for the park for almost a decade, they now need to spend one year, two years, talking about the values of the area and working out the impacts. That would be all right if the logging stopped. There'd be no rush. But every day now, these important forests are being degraded with log truck after log truck, carting away koala feed trees. The Great Koala National Park forests are not just important for koalas. They're important for all the other fauna. Important for protecting our water catchments, for drawing down and storing carbon, and for being the foundation for numerous education, health, tourism and recreational opportunities in the area, said Susie Russell. While Kath Eaglesham, a president of the Belgian Environment Centre, said they'd been lobbying for the Great Koala National Park for almost a decade, we're extremely disappointed with Labour's recent token announcement, which is completely inadequate and does nothing to protect our endangered koalas and their homes. The koala hubs are only 5% of the proposed park, based on outdated modelling and includes areas already logged and burnt, she said. The Kalang River Forest Alliance are disappointed that the Kalang Headwaters and Oaks State Forest is not recognised as critical core koala habitat. Kath Kelly, for the Kalang River Forest Alliance, said, Penny Sharp's announcement of the temporary suspension of the logging in the 106 identified koala hubs will not stop the escalating fragmentation of core koala habitat. We know the Kalang is important to koalas. Citizen science was conducted in 2020 and 2021. However, all the data that was entered on Bionet is not there due to the four years of missing data. While protecting 5% of the Great National Park is better than 0%, as has been the case for the last six months of the New South Wales Labor government, it's tantamount to saying they are committed to allowing as much of the remaining 95% to be logged as is possible in the next 15 months. 
while some kind of still-stalled process slowly, oh so slowly, might happen. It's clearly unacceptable and counter to the goal of actually saving koalas from their current trajectory towards extinction by 2050. The government must urgently do more or risk not only koalas but their own reputation and election promises, said Linarego of the Numbaka Valley Conservation Association. We're calling on the government to suspend logging from all of the proposed Great Koala National Park and to use half of the $80 million allocated for the Great Koala National Park to help timber industry workers transition out of native forest logging and into the plantation sector, forest restoration, park management or other, she said. And Anne Coyle from Friends of Pine Creek said, the Office of Environment and Heritage Koala hubs are a very small concession. It is interesting that seven of the eight compartments proposed for logging in Pine Creek State Forest are covered by koala hubs. Every compartment would have been logged already without the efforts of conservationists. And how many hubs have already been logged, she asked. You've been listening to Earth Matters, Community Radio's National Environment and Justice Program. I'm Beck Horridge. If you've missed any of today's show, you can find our podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Earth Matters is produced on the studios of 3CR on Wurundjeri Country. If you'd like to get in contact, you can send us an email at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or go to our Facebook or Instagram page. I hope you can tune in next time for more Earth Matters. Here's Sousa Clark. With the power of the trees from the Northeast Forest Alliance's album Lock On Songs to Save Australia's Forests. Find it on Bandcamp. As I walk through the forest to venture as I please, I hear the birds lamenting. The killing of the trees I hear the songbird crying I see the things he sees I feel the spirit dying The killing of the trees I stand among my people The rivers and the breeze I call the men who ordered The killing of the trees May God forgive their madness Their violence and their greed Their children not despise them for killing all the trees.